we are. Hello. Hello. <laughs> My name is Abby. <laughs> My name is Tori. And welcome to Goldmore Girls. Goldmore. Goldmore Girls. <laughs> we have to say it super obviously. I know I do that a lot with every show we're doing. I know. It's well, like I can tell you're trying to say it, and like I do it too. I have very accent. <laughs> well, not accented. Accent. Yeah, a I little bit Asian. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Scares Hollow, where today I think we have mini stories. Sort I don't. Of. Uh, uh, yeah, no, no, no big story. I got ghost stories today. I got the stories of lobotomy. Lobotomy. <laughs> After last the last time we talked about when I talked about lobotomy and that ghost story that I yeah told from you the, the from the Severals Hospital, I was gonna do the whole lobotomy history episode. lobotomy but i was like oh my god it's so freaking long and i don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> i saw um a video i think on tiktok maybe otherwise it was like facebook and like videos that circulate there um it was literally like before and afters of lobotomy patients and like they would get lobotomy treatment for things that really had a lot of other options for cures and then they were like basically disabled after the yeah. and so like you could see like an obvious difference like they like like in a lot of the cases they'd go from you know being being relatively functioning and then maybe like epileptic or like whatever their symptom was right and then and then it would be like well now they can't feed themselves now they I mean, need someone to take care of them. there are some stories i've seen that like it worked i guess yeah, but not mm, enough for it to be term. the favored yeah. um, medical. Like, like you were lucky if it worked for you, I think, is why they stopped stopped do, using it. Like, it's you're not getting a lobotomy anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's not happening. Uh, which, is, which is a good thing. Oh, I guess. I don't know. We always start talking about lobotomies. So if you want to oh, go first. Okay, I'll talk first. Okay. I'm just doing stories of people that i found online that did that had lobotomies done it didn't occur to me that there'd be people who were alive who had received a lobotomy but i guess it wasn't that long ago was it no it was like in the 1940s oh okay i mean yeah so um i found these stories in britain Britannica Ranker by Jacob Shelton and Science Sensei and Wikipedia, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit about lobotomy is a surgical procedure which the nerve pathways in the lobe or lobes of the brain are severed. Okay, now I can hear you washing machine. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> severed. Severed from those in other areas. It's okay. You gotta wash our clothes. <laughs> I'm washing the bedding. Again, oh it's right, from, as from yesterday, I just had to rewash it because I never moved it to the dryer. Oh, yeah, oh, all right, because it's the procedure is used as <laughs> radical ther- therapeutic. Meh. 
measures to help grossly <laughs> disturb patients with schizophrenia, man manic depression, and mania, bipolar disorder, and other mental, mental illness. Mm -hmm. All right. So some of the stories, because I was too lazy to do the whole history, because <laughs> it's long. That's how so we just, do it. Oh, my God. Yawning. So I found, so this one is about Rosemary Kennedy. I don't know if you know who that is. Uh, it's the Kennedy, uh, John F. Kennedy's sister. Oh, okay. I have heard about her story before, but actually. I didn't know he had a sister. Me neither. Well, I mean, I kind of did. Uh, when Rosemary. I, mean, I guess it makes sense that he has a sister. When Rosemary Kennedy was born, the medical community was still decades away from understanding dyslexia and other learning disabilities. The little sister of John F. Kennedy, Rosemary, was misunder misunderstood by her parents who struggled with her deficient cognitive skills. Her father... <laughs> Her father, Joe Kennedy, consulted the psychology department of Harvard University, where doctors evaluated Rosemary and concluded that she was developmentally disabled. Her father consented to his daughter's frontal lobe when she was 23 years old. It was thought he was afraid his daughter might embarrass him and his son and hurt their chances of politics. She erupted in aggressive tantrums where she didn't get what she want when she didn't get what she wanted. In November 20, in November 1941, Dr. Walter Freeman performed a surgery with Dr. James Watts, and they sliced away at the young woman's frontal lobe until the left side of her body was partially paralyzed. So it was a slicing because I thought lobotomies, and this is based off of little to no information. Um, I thought that they were just like a like a piercing type, like they just yeah. like poked you with a stick, and then that was like all you needed to do. They all I know them. is there's a different kinds of lobotomies. I think um, I don't know. I sort of just read through it a little bit. Okay. Um, after the surgery, Rosemary was sent off to mental institution where she had to relearn how to brush her teeth, walk, and dress herself. The bubbly and some sometimes vo volcanically angry woman, young woman was replaced with someone who was unable to talk. Uh, I mean, and I don't want to say that's better, but... That just sounds bad. Wait, Never mind. She went, she went, like her, her problem was dyslexia? I think she just has... Um, like she had a learning disability? Yeah. And that's literally the only reason they gave her a lobotomy? Yeah, I think she just acted younger than her age. Well, then it's definitely not better that she like, can't she talk now. Well, that's the opposite of learning. I know. The one, one of the things she could do, she can't do anymore. I should do a whole story about Rosemary. Well, maybe I'll do that next time. Uh, in 2018, people published never-before-seen letters from Rosemary before she was lobotomized. The letters were addressed to her caretaker, Dorothy Smith, an Irish woman who cared for Rosemary for a month-long period where she was 20. Rosemary recounted her adventures in Europe to Smith 
And she ended her letters with signals like, best love from your darling sweetheart. Aww. I know. That was before or after the lobotomy? I think that was before. Aww. I'm going to do a story about her next time. Okay. Uh, this one is Rose Williams, the older sister of Tennessee Williams. Rose was schizophrenic and described by her playwright brother as one of the sweetest, most generous people he ever knew. In his memoirs, William notes that when Rose would go on a date, she would talk with an almost hysterical animation, which young fume, which few young men knew how to take. In 1926, Rose wrote a letter to her grandmother describing her description. I don't know what's the matter with me except that I was so nervous that I couldn't hold the glass to take my medicine in. I stayed in bed all day long and had a big dose of calomel and I feel better but still weak. I just had to finish the music lesson and Miss Buttle nearly drove me wild. It makes me nervous as a cat. In, by 1943, Rose was beginning to lash out during Maniac episodes and agreed to undergo a frontal lobotomy. The surgery, or the surgery seemed to reduce Rose's nearly catatonic state. She remained institutionalized in a swanky institution thanks to her brother's fortune. In the post-surgery letter she wrote to her tennis, Tennessee, she said, I want some black coffee, ice cream on a chocolate bar, and a good picture of you, your devoted sister. Rose P.S. Send me one dollar for ice cream. Send <laughs> me <laughs> one dollar for ice cream. So she had a good experience with her lobotomy? Yes, I think so. It sounds like it. I've never thought to have ice cream on a chocolate bar before. It's um, well, you can deep fried chocolate bar. Why not? No, like I just never thought like, like I want to put, I want to get a chocolate bar and I want to put ice cream on it and that'll be how I eat it. <laughs> I never thought to do that. And now I'm like, hmm, she's onto something there. <laughs> like it sounds like such a sweet, simple treat that like we definitely could have been doing this whole time. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. That's like uh, the only thing I'm stuck on is like ice cream on that chocolate bar. You don't know I want some ice cream. On a chocolate bar? Yeah. You know what my like latest hyperfixation food was for what? a week? But I haven't bought any more of it lately to like have it more. <laughs> but it was literally just like I'd get vanilla Greek yogurt. I'd put like a bunch of berries in it, raspberries, strawberries, and blueberries. And yeah. then I'd put mini chocolate chips in there instead of granola. Oh. And it was so good. I do that for Logan's lunch sometimes. I would put I'd put like so many chocolate chips. There's no portion control. This is <laughs> so good. It has you to be just, mini chocolate chips though. You should just get a big tub of yogurt. I should I ate all of the yogurt and berries that I had so I have to like replace them <laughs> but I I don't know I, I haven't gone grocery shopping I'm like stressed at the thought of going and picking up fruit right now and I don't know why I can't do it right now <laughs> oh yeah I, uh, I've been usually I do yogurt and and then I put blueberries on top of Logan's lunch I can't do peanuts 
No. But I never thought to do chocolate chips, though. Not too many chocolate chips in the yogurt. I wonder if he'd like that. Of course. Oh, he'd, he'd love it. <laughs> but he's not supposed to be having a lot of sugar. So, I mean. <sighs> yeah. Well. Do with that what you will. <laughs> well, his birthday's coming up. So, that's going to be a lot of sugar <laughs> on a lot of kids. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back on the lobotomies. My bad. <laughs> uh,. This one is named HM. A young man only known by the initials HM was hit by a cyclist and cracked his skull. Aww. <laughs> From that injury, he became or he began suffering seizures that lasted around 40 seconds at a time. HM saw Dr. Williams, um, a man who was experimenting with fra- fractional lobotomies, which eliminated less tissue. And supposedly allowed patients to keep their original personalities. That's nice. On September 1st, 1953, William used a hand crack and drill saw from a local hardware store to remove a bottle cap's worth of bone from above each one of H.M.'s eyes. He then removed a few key parts of H.M.'s brain. After the surgery, HM only suffered about two seizures a year, a vast improvement. And his IQ jumped from 104 to 117, but he couldn't form any new memories. So, Mm. I mean, you kind of, I mean. I I don't know how I feel about that, Trina. Like. You don't get memories, but you're smart and you get two seizures. I guess it depends on what kind of memories you get to have. to start with i wonder is if he lost his i don't know i don't think i mean that's technically kind of like what dad deals with yeah well the damage to his frontal lobe affects his short-term memory he can technically form a new memory but it takes a while for it to stick yeah Yeah. uh hm was forced to move back with his parents where he performed odd jobs Despite having to ask multiple times what he was doing, it was later discovered that due to the loss of his hippocampus, HM's brain began to understand time differently. Hmm. According to Sam Keen, five minutes lasted subjectively, just 40 seconds for him, one hour lasted three minutes, one day 15 minutes. HM passed in a nursing facility at the age of eight. 82 was respiratory failure and his brain was removed immediately following his passing. HM's brain was shaved into 2,401 slices, each, <laughs> each, of, each which was mounted on a glass plate and photographed at two times magnification to form a digital zo- zoomable map down to the level individual n- neurons. That is just really weird. I don't like anything that you just said. Me neither. (laughs) 2,401 slices in a brain. That is too many. I mean, do we have 2,401 slices in a brain? That's a lot of slices. Well, aren't aren't those added? Like, they're saying they sliced into it that many times? Yeah. That's too many. You shaved off it, too, yeah. 
Ew, I almost gagged when he said shaved. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I'm laughing because it's I don't not like funny. it. You're laughing at me. So. I'm laughing at you, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the thing well, is, like, you had to get people to agree to these surgeries, right? Like, well, I mean, back then, people didn't really understand no. mental illness, right? That's so a- they just find whatever solution there is, I'm assuming. And they had, I mean, there was a doctor that did invent lobotomy, mm-hmm. and he did use an ice pick, and then... Ugh. I mean, they just went off of with what they thought that works. Obviously. Do you want a lobotomy, Oski Bear? Hi, Oscar. Do you want a lobotomy? Huh? He's got a smooth brain. No ridges or lumps, no valleys or bumps. All ideas slide right off. <laughs> oh, God. He's terrible. <laughs> I'm on TikTok. <laughs> Get a smooth brain. <laughs> He's just staring at me. He's like, "What are you talking about? Don't talk about it." <laughs> He's smarter than me, probably. He's just like, "What do you mean?" All I hear, all I can see is if he if he can talk, he'll be like, "Tori, Tori, Tori, Tori." Uh, we've learned. <laughs> learned sit uh we've learned lay down we've somewhat learned stay and come is uh we're working on that one and uh we've we've learned shake a paw sort of shake a paw is he more calmed down now that he got fixed (laughs) no (laughs) he's still there at least he 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 won't be he was very depressed while he had his cone on, but then he hurt his ear on the cone, so we took it off early because Dad looked at his incision and he was fine. Is he licking it though? Uh, no, it's pretty. He's pretty. He's pretty good. Oh, he's, okay. He's still needy, still jelly, still. still then up. that will just come with age. <laughs> yeah, he's just a puppy. Yeah, it's almost nine months old. Um, okay. So yeah, you were story. talking about something and then I was talking <laughs> about Oscar's brain. It's okay. Uh, brain. Genevieve Pilarski. Yes. In 1944, Gen- Jenny Pilarski was admitted to state fa- psychiatric facility. Mantino State Hospital in Mantino, Illinois. After she and her parents have disagreement about where she should live post-college. When she admitted to the facility, a doctor described her as neat, clean, tidy, extremely quiet, and but friendly and agreeable. Did you say before or after the procedure? Well, this was before. Okay. Uh, he even noted that there was no signs of active pathology. For some reason, instead of re- releasing Jeannie on her recognizance, I don't mm-hmm. know that word. The hospital staff recognizance, recognizance. Yeah, that's it. Ew, what is that? Oh, it's a leaf. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I thought I just threw up on my leg. Stressing <laughs> me out, kid. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> recognizance <laughs> is the word you wanted. <laughs> Sorry. Good thing it wasn't a throw up. 
it wasn't. <laughs> I have a really gross story to tell you about later, though. Okay. <laughs> Carry on. I like gross stories. <laughs> it's so gross. Okay. Um, for some reason, instead of realizing or releasing Ginny on her record, whatever that word. Recognizance. That's it. The hospital. That's what staff. I think you're trying to say. <laughs> the hospital staff subjected to, to hydrotherapy, repeatedly plunging her into and out of the ice water. Afterwards, she asked, is, is life a farce? Okay, I don't know. In May 1953, Jeannie had undergone 187 electric shock therapy to a week. And on February 18, 1955, she was subjected to an extensive neurosurgery with bilateral extirpation of the most frontal and temporal lobes. This unnecessary surgery left Jeannie mute and totally dependent on commands for functioning of everything from toilet urges on up. Oh, that's sad. Mm. She has to be told everything. Eat. Go to the toilet. Not that this was reported to anyone and for the next 45 years she, she was shuffled between nursing homes and mental ward until she passed in 1998 at the age of 79. Poor thing. Uh, I don't know. I got two more stories, three more, but I'll just do two, I guess. Okay. Um, this one is Alice Robbie. The calm singer with magnetic eyes. Uh, she was lobotomized in 1952 at the age of 29. She had TBI, triggered bipolar disorder, and depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alice Robbie was a brilliant singer from Canada who used belt some of the highest you ever heard. Her high voltage tradition of Tickle Tickle and You Belong to My Heart were loved by her native Canadians. In her own obituary, she was described as temperamental with magnetic eyes. Have you heard of her? No. Me neither. I'm going to look it up after. Uh, Robbie, or Alice Robbie, A-L-Y-S, and then R-O-B-I. Where was I? Oh. However, Robbie had been lobotomized years prior in 1952. This occurred after a terrific car accident in 1948 that left her scarred mentally. It also sent her to various wild mood swings at random. Allie was Allie was or went to get treatment for her mental ailment that her own decision was were not considered over her father's. He wants to lobotomize her while Ali did not want it. A lot of mental institutions have gotten away with issues like this due to lack of oversight and assumption that mental patients cannot always consent to things. Mm. She spent five years in mental institution, but unlikely many lobotomy victims. Robbie was released from institution. She ended up crediting the lobotomy for her new calm demeanor 
Robbie lived in her 80s and even got back into music, wrote her autobiography, and had movies made about her. Oh, she had movies. What did I draw? Oh, I don't know. Okay, uh, one more story. Uh, Sally Ellen Lonesco, I think. She was lobotomized in 1946 at age 29. She had borderline personality disorder and severe depression. After first of Dr. Freeman and the world, Sally Ellie Allen was the first to, exper- to experience transorbital lobotomy. It is often referred to as the ice pick lobotomy. Performed in 1946, Freeman felt alone that, that Sally could benefit the lobotomy operation due to her mental illness that would be treated far differently today. At the time, the 29-year-old Sally was a housewife and a mother who consistently tried to kill herself. The violent suicidal tendencies were horrible to see. She wanted to get help. This led to Dr. Freeman to the ice pick lobotomy. He knocked Sally out using electroshock, then inserted the ice pick above her eyeball, banging it through her eye socket into her brain. Like on purpose? Yeah. Banging it into her eye socket? Yeah, the ice pick. That's where you put the ice pick lobotomy, usually on top of the eye socket. Well, I knew it was through like, her eye socket. Yeah. yeah, but like the way you said banging, I was like, that sounds clumsy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah banging it clumsy. through her eye socket into her brain. So he went through, well. Yeah. Because your brain the bone, is, though. Yeah, because your brain is hard, right? So you have to. Yeah, but. Oh, yeah. like, oh. Yeah, like this. And then uh, he swirled it around. <laughs> <laughs> He then swirled it around to sever neural connections. I like when you swirl it around while your no is in your brain. Ew. I would uh, never go to the doctor if we still had care like that. But honestly, not. like <laughs> there's still some questionable practices, aren't there? Yeah. Uh, Sally never had violent suicidal episodes after the operation. Mm. However, all lobotomy victims had some issues from the operation. For Sally, it was her memory function. In spite of this, she lived out a relatively normal life until she passed away in 2007. Well, at least hers was a relatively pretty normal. Normal as it gets. Yeah. Like the memory thing, that would suck to lose. But if you were finally happy. Yeah. Uh, that's the end of my story. <laughs> okay. Oh, gosh. Okay, dokey. So I, um, I want the ghost route because I found stories from like when, you know, like basically what was the story of paranormal activity that made you a believer was kind of the oh. Reddit post I was on. Yeah. So, um, Let's see. This one's from 
Bangkok underscore dangerous 98. It's like four years old. Um, It says, I grew up in a very scientific family. I never knew my dad's stance on ghosts, but they were never talked about, so it really didn't matter. One day when I was in high school, we were eating dinner, and I decided to ask my dad about our old house and moving into it when I was just a baby. So he told me a story. Apparently, when we moved into this house, we lived there about a week before we started to receive gifts once a week. Every Friday morning, my dad told me that there would be some sort of handcrafted gift sitting on the mantle of our fireplace. My dad was reasonably freaked out by this, so we were the only ones with keys to the house, and the last owner moved well out of state. Oh, because we were the only ones with keys to the house, and the last owner moved well out of state. So he informed the local police, and they decided to patrol the property every Friday night looking for intruders. That sentence confused me, because, like, why wouldn't you patrol every Thursday night? But whatever. Um, You know, looking for intruders. They found nothing, and as you could imagine, the gifts kept coming. So my dad told me they eventually gave up, and feeling helpless, he went to our local church. Eventually, he had a priest come and bless the house, and we stopped receiving the gifts. What really freaked me out about this was the fact that my dad never believed in ghosts and didn't mention once that a ghost was causing these gifts to appear. He's an engineer, so he always tries to debunk people's paranormal stories with realistic explanation. But he was 100% serious with this story. One of the gifts we received we actually still have. It's a wooden sled with a small painting of a man, presumably my dad, pulling me and my sister on the sled. We received this gift about eight months to a year before my mother passed away from cancer. So that made the painting on the sled very freaky in hindsight. My dad only told me this story once and he denied he ever told me it when I asked him about it recently. If I can find the sled, I'll post a picture. It's very small and looks quite old. I didn't see the picture. But uh-huh. yeah. Um, yeah. So they they were getting physical objects. Maybe the ghost really liked them. Maybe. This next one is from Gab Gabrax. Gabera X. I'm not really sure. It's also four years old. Um, it says when I was in my late twenties, I was dating my girlfriend, soon to be a wife. We had been together for a while. One summer, July third, her sister was abducted and killed by a group of six men. All the men were eventually caught and tried. The trials and the aftermath for the family were devastating and debilitating for them for many, many years. Fast forward three months after the funeral, I arrived at my girlfriend's house to wait for her to get off from her job as a nurse at a local hospital. Neither of her parents were home, just me alone in the house. So I went into the family room, turned on the TV, sat down in the couch, got comfortable, and began to watch. Clear as a bell, I heard my girlfriend's sister's voice in my right ear, just off my shoulder, call my name. I turned to look at the seat next to me, and of course there was nobody there. I stared at the spot in the couch next to me for a long while, feeling a bit uneasy. I turned off the TV and went outside to wait on the porch. That's the end of the story, and then there's a comment saying, In all the terribleness of that situation, there's an ounce of comfort in knowing that she got to go home again. May she rest in peace. Aww. I know. This one is really, really short. It's by Lucozade6, also four years old. It says, I saw a reflection of myself at the end of a hallway in a friend's apartment building. Only he told me the day after there was never any mirror in the hallways. 
What? Mm-hmm. So did he see himself? Yeah, he saw his reflection. So he was looking at himself, but there was no mirror. How? I don't know. He literally commented underneath it and said, still confuses me to this day. Oh. Yeah. But how? You know, there's some people where they saw their future self. and then... Maybe. Or like a, like maybe astral projected or whatever hmm. the term is. Because I, I... Where's your cow? Oh, it's not like I've seen it, but... What, your reflection? No, I mean... Um, Oscar's cow? Because there was one story on my podcast. She said that she saw her future self. Looking oh, in the mirror yeah. and wearing the, and then she realized at that time when she was doing that that that's what that's what who what she was seeing. Oh yeah, we we did talk about that one. I remember. Yeah. Okay, this one's from Mushroom underscore George, and I picked this one because it reminds me of, of Logan's birthday party venue. <laughs> Stop stepping on me. So, so the, I'm going to read it the way she wrote it. Okay. Okay, it says, ooh, ooh, I have a story. <laughs> <laughs> so in high school, I worked kids' birthday parties. The place was basically a giant gym, and gymnastics slash dance classes were also held there. One day, I came in, and one of the girls I worked with, who was very spiritual and very religious, was totally freaked out. During the gymnastics class she taught that morning, one of the kids was staring up at the ceiling. When she asked the kid what he was doing, he said, there's a little boy up there, and pointed at the ceiling. Oh. Strange enough, but whatever, kids are weird. <laughs> Later, two girls who were working a birthday party before mine came out of the gym and were visibly shaken. A pair of five-year-old twins went down a slide and then stared at the ceiling. They both said that there was a little boy up there in the same spot on the ceiling that the kids from the morning gymnastics class. We all went in and inspected the ceiling. Of course, it was just a regular gray warehouse ceiling, but we were all super freaked out at that point. During my party, I was pushing a little boy on the giant swing we had in the gym. He, too, began to stare at the ceiling. He said oh. directly to my face, hey, there's a little boy up there. We told all of our coworkers and managers about the three separate experiences we had today with children from different parties and classes seeing a little boy on the ceiling. What uh, is then, it with ceilings? The next day, we had downtime between parties, and nobody was in the gym. There are cameras in the gym that allow parents to see their children playing from the lobby. My manager calls us out of the break room. Guys, check this out. We come out and see the screen, which is streaming from the gym, showing that giant swing going back and forth. Nobody's in there. It's just the swing going. I like to think that the the ghost was truly a little boy who just wanted to play, and he finally got to go on the swing. Could be worse. Aww. Yeah. At least it sounded like a kid and not some creepy. Yeah, just a little boy. Because little kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's a nice story. Um, kind of creepy when kids stare at the same thing. I know the fact that they all were like, it's a little boy. It's yeah. a little boy. Like they all saw him. It wasn't like there wasn't a mixture. So at least you can confirm that it was a little boy. It was a little boy. Little boy. One person commented saying like, at least he waited his turn. Very polite ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. And this one is from Leech Ladyland. Also four years old. <laughs> 
It says, once when I was in university, I went to go see my therapist, whom I had been seeing twice a week for about five months. On this day, he was uncharacteristically quiet, and I asked if he was all right. He said he was fine, and we continued through what would be one of our most breakthrough sessions. A lot of repressed memories came up, though it had came up through it that have helped me to heal. At the end of the session, I asked him why he was acting differently today than other days. He said, when I walked in, I was accompanied by a warrior-like person. He said he had the overwhelming feeling to perform as best he possibly, as best he professionally could that day, and that he got the sense this warrior had fought a lot of battles to protect me. This would seem coincidental, except for 10 years later, I was living on the other side of the world. I had a Puerto Rican neighbor I would see occasionally and eventually got pretty close with him and his family. One day as I was walking by, he kind of gets quiet and weird and then says in broken English, do you know there's a soldier who follows you around? I knew instantly who he was talking about. In both instances, the warrior soldier was described the same, just over six feet, blonde, curly hair, wearing primitive warrior clothing, and strangely, a white guy. <laughs> uh, neither of these people could have known that my closest brother, who passed away at 14, was over six feet tall with blonde, curly hair and always was my protector. Oh. Mm-hmm. Did it say why he died? No. No. I don't really understand the edits. <laughs> it says edit got me some silver and cake. You the best Reddit. And then it says second edit. Probably one of the sweetest feelings to wake up on my cake day to kind comments and a brimming coin purse. Thank you, Rediverse. So I'm guessing it was his birthday. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me see, because I have another little story here by Old Man Enoch. Uh, Worked at a public school. I would work alone after hours cleaning the building and the pool. One night around 2 a.m., I'm cleaning the change rooms. The pool had been closed for four hours at this time. I hear the sound of a child's laughter and bare feet running across the pool deck. I go out and scan the area. There's nobody in sight. The doors are all closed and locked. There's nowhere a kid could be hiding. No wet footprints on the pool deck. I recheck the doors and the security monitors. I am the only person in the building. It was unsettling. I would assume so. I knew you'd hate that because it had children's laughing in it. <sighs> yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if they have the same laugh. No, they wouldn't. I don't know. I think I just watched too much movies. <laughs> I have a children's laugh in my head that I, I know. Is it Logan? <laughs> no, it's Casey. Oh, I meant like Logan's laughing. Oh, oh, <laughs> ah, kinda. Logan has an evil laugh sometimes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I remember. Casey, can you see her? She's yeah, a little bit. This one is from Oh So Easy. <laughs> I was visiting my mother after my dad died. She went shopping with her sister and left me alone. I heard my dad as plain as day up in his room. He got up from his computer chair, walked over to the door and opened it. He walked down the stairs and stood on the last step for a few seconds before walking back up to his room and closing the door. I was probably five feet from him in the living room. I just froze. It scared the hell out of me. 
And then this person oh. commented, um, I'll be right there. God, I just got to clean up this hard drive and search history before anybody else knows what I was into. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That's funny. Daily Donut 16 posted. Um, most of my family is extremely religious and believe in ghosts wholeheartedly. Most of them claim to have some have seen something paranormal at some point in their lives. I wasn't very religious, and I always thought to myself, if I haven't seen it, then it's not real. That changed during my senior year in high school. I was dog-sitting at my great-aunt's house while she was out of town for a few days. A little after midnight, I'm watching a movie, and my aunt's dog starts barking like crazy and runs up the stairs at full speed. The dog was small but fierce. Suddenly, I clear as day heard a gravelly voice at the top of the stairs say, Bad doggy. The voice was deep and masculine. I went upstairs because I was certain nobody else was supposed to be there. I looked around and there was nobody in sight. The dog was still barking at something that I couldn't see. She was just barking at an empty hallway. That's when I heard footsteps walking away from us down the hall and into my aunt's bedroom. I could hear the footsteps, but I couldn't see anybody making them. I noped the F out of that house with the dog and went outside in my car. The dog and I slept there for the night. Oh. I am not entirely sure WTF I experienced that night, but I definitely believe in the paranormal now. I never told my aunt about what happened, but I apparently, but apparently my great uncle, her husband, had died in that house a few months after I was born. I never knew him, but I'm willing to bet that it was him who I heard that night. And this person was like, why did you go upstairs after hearing the voice? I wouldn't have been able to. I wouldn't have. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think i just have like one more itty bitty story um from ben waggle i don't know it <laughs> says i was staying in the stanley hotel in estes park the co colorado yeah i think so the hotel that inspired stephen king to write the shining around 1 a.m i heard what sounded like children running up and down the hallways interspersed with laughter Opening the door to see what the hell was going on and didn't see anything. Quick little buggers, I thought. Then the next morning when my significant other and I took a tour of the building, the guide stopped directly in front of our room to tell us a story of young girls whose ghosts can be heard running up and down the, that same hallway. Oh. And this person commented, yeah, buddy, that's the hotel playing tricks because it's their attraction. So maybe, just maybe, that one's not real. But Oh, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's creepy. I like the little kid laugh one. That I knew that would be your favorite. <laughs> so, yeah, those are the stories. Those are the things that made people believers. I don't really remember when I started believing in ghosts. Like, it was always just kind of like, oh, yeah, ghosts. No. I always just believed it. Yeah, Even though remember. I've never. I don't remember not believing in it. Like, I don't know if there was a time that I didn't. No. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, we, like, I, I, I think I always assume that my family had the same beliefs as me. Because I know that, like, my brothers and I are on the same page with, like, religion for the most part. Right? John but, believes in, John believes in, um aliens yeah everybody believes in aliens i don't uh, you don't I, believe in aliens 
Not really. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, not really. <laughs> Why not? You really think we're the only ones out there? Uh, you honestly think I don't know all of the things that could possibly exist were the one and only thing that exists well no I sometimes think we're even like rats and someone's running us we're ants <laughs> yeah little ants but you, you know believe, like, you believe in like a god and a higher power and stuff so like you believe that like we're all you know purposeful well, I believe there's a ghost but I don't know about aliens it's kind of hard to believe on aliens. Why? They literally announced aliens were real. <laughs> when? Like, I don't know, a couple months ago. I did hear something that happened. They were saying that, like, aliens are real. Everything in Area 51 was real. Everything we thought about it was real. And everybody was like, we don't care. We can't afford housing. <laughs> Taxes Isn't are it? too expensive. And we can't afford our groceries. So we don't care about aliens. Is this somebody that outed the... No, the government just straight up was like... Oh. The U.S. government was straight up like, oh yeah, by the way, it's all real. I didn't see that. Well, a lot of people think that they did it. And I didn't really look into like the actual announcement um, too far. But like, a lot of people think that they did it because they were trying to get us to talk about something specific and keep the attention off of something else that was going on i mean because aliens are less more panicking than than the actual well they thought they thought everybody would be talking about it like oh my god aliens are real but really everybody was talking about the fact that you know nobody cared that aliens were real <laughs> well no yeah like uh, sorry we weren't distracted for very long I don't believe that aliens are what people like assume aliens are. Why what are you do you mean? Now? Now like they're... That they're like those green, naked, blobby things with the, like the giant black eyes, right? Mm. Some people think that they're like the same thing, but gray, that they're always like, you know, super advanced. I think we just assume what they would look like, obviously. Yeah, but they could look like anything. That's true. Like, you know, I like there might be a type of alien out there that's like that, but yeah, I don't know. But maybe it'll, like everybody, you know, maybe some of those things are like from Area Fifty One too, right? Like maybe we did see those in real life. Yeah. <gasps> oh, you're making me sleep. You know. <laughs> I wonder who works in Area Fifty One. <laughs> How many presidents do you think? I wonder if they have the actual Like, Do you think Barack Obama just like is chilling in his house no longer president knowing all the secrets of Area 51? Yeah. I mean, someone knows something. It might as well be them, right? Mm. Or um... If I knew, if I I got access to going to Area 51, I would just straight up like tell everybody and it wouldn't even be because i wanted to i just wouldn't be able to keep it a secret i'd be like i'd be like this is an awkward conversation say something interesting and i'll be like so there's aliens i saw them aliens 
It was yeah. I have an all access pass to Area Fifty One, and I got to see the containment units that they're in and all the tests that they were doing on them, and it's pretty pretty cruel. Yeah. Leave my computer alone, puppy doo. Okay. What are you doing? Should what are you we doing? end? We probably should. That was all the stories I had. Okay. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for listening. If you did, I apologize for the washing machine and any squeaky toy sounds. <laughs> that may or may not have been heard in the There's background. There's quite a bit of sounds, but that's okay. Well, I thought the washing machine would be done by the time we were... Because I, I turned it on when I got home. And it was just, ow, <laughs> taking its time. Oh, ew. All right. Oh, my okay. God. You're stressing me out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Your daddy comes home tomorrow. Okay, so... Tori knows the email because I don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you guys have any stories you want to send us, you can send them at ghoulmoregirls at gmail.com. If you can read the name of our podcast, it is the same spelling. Okay. That's it. That is all. That's Bye. all, folks. Goodbye. Did you start? And.